With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everybody. NBA Strategy Show Playoff Edition. It is Monday, August 17th. For some reason, it is impossible for me to remember dates, even if I say them multiple times in a day. But we're here. Four games slate, and we get four, well, three and a half solid games. We can't really be counting the Nets as a real team, but I guess we have to. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by my co-host, Adam Scher. Adam, what's going on, man? Not surprised you think the Nets are a half team since you think Norman Powell's better than Karis LeVert, jackass. <laughs> you know that's not what I meant. <laughs> At least give the people the, the next line that I said, which was, I understand I'm being hyperbolic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get the point. You get the point. I don't yeah, think it'd be no, all that I, different I if you switch those two guys. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have about four games to talk about, and we can really get into some of the nuance of each one of these games. I think it's more important now than it ever is during the regular season, so we will dive into that. Special thanks to Superdraft for being the presenting sponsor of this show. Go to superdraft.io if you want to learn more. I will give you a little bit bigger of a run-through on Superdraft a little bit later in the show. Don't really have anything to recap from yesterday because there wasn't any basketball. Um, Blazers ousted the Grizzlies on Saturday. So we got a day off and I don't have any recaps for that. I think we should just dive in. We've got a full hour to spend before MLB strategy show. And um, I think we can kick it off. Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz. Nuggets 110 implied total. Jazz 105.5. Utah going to be without Mike Conley for, I don't know, probably maybe this whole series, depending on how quickly it goes. Uh, he is out for the birth of his son, so he left the bubble. And then we know Boyan Bogdanovich also out for Utah. For Denver, still no Gary Harris, still no Will Barton. Eh, walking wounded in this one. Let's start on the Denver side. Jokic picking up a ton of love, 42% owned on FanDuel, 59 on DK. Let's just start there. How are you feeling about the Joker in this spot? I like him a lot. I don't really know what there is not to like about him. You know, obviously – there's plenty of times where you love Jokic and he just comes out there and, and doesn't care and, and plays terribly, but you know, you can't really let that factor in. And there's, I think a couple of things to like here for one, he's really inexpensive. He's 8,700 on DraftKings. Uh, he, he's cheap on FanDuel as well. Um, he averaged 38.2 minutes per game in the playoffs last season, excluding the game where uh, I think it was him where he played like 65 minutes, like just <laughs> in regulation, he averaged 38.2 minutes per game. Sure. So it's not like you, you have any concerns about Malone running him. Um, he appears to be in better shape now than he has been in the past. So it's even less of a concern and the matchup I really don't think is a concern either because you're not going to, obviously we don't harp too much on individual matchups, but when you're talking about somebody like Gobert, it's at least worth looking at. But Jokic doesn't need to score around the rim. He In three matchups with Gobert this year, he averaged 1.66 DraftKings points per minute. He's never had trouble with him in the past. He contributes in every category. I don't really have a reason not to like Jokic here. That's what I like to hear. Uh, he's getting the ownership, obviously. So uh, when it comes to GPP decisions, it's a little bit different. Um, from a cash game perspective, I would love to have Nikola Jokic and he was the number one contender on the contenders video today, playoff edition. 
like it a lot. Another guy I like on Denver today, Jamal Murray. Uh, I gave him a couple less minutes than Jokic, but he soaks it up too. Um, they play him big minutes in games where I don't think that he's going to play like even his full rotation. And Malone's just like, you know what? He's going to be fine. Go play 38 minutes. 6,100 on FanDuel, 6,500 on DK. I will happily get some Jamal Murray and happily play him alongside of Jokic given the price tag. I don't disagree with you. I'm, I'm actually concerned that in the first crunch I did before the show for DraftKings, I wasn't getting or I didn't get a ton of Murray, but I think that probably just had more to do with the position and his ownership because mm-hmm. I think that as a standalone play, 6,500 Jamal Murray obviously is really nice. The right. minutes really shouldn't be a concern. In his first game back from injury in a mostly meaningless game in the bubble, he played 39 minutes, <laughs> including overtime. But, I mean, it, it goes to your point where they clearly are not worried about his health. He should play full minutes. I have him in for 36 here. Wouldn't be surprising if he saw a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that he is a good play. I think that basically with, with the way my numbers broke down, I think it was just that there – are so many good guard plays on this slate that I was kind of getting away from that price range in general, because I noticed I don't have a ton of Kemba either right now. So I think it's just a a roster construction thing for me, but um, I I do think Murray's a good play. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could touch on it just like this since we're going to have enough time to go through this. We've got Kemba Walker at 6,900 on DK Fred Van Vliet at 6,800 and Jamal Murray at 6,500. I think winning that, sort of section of guards at that price tag is going to be a, a very important decision point. Who was the Me, third one you said? Uh, Van Vliet is in, okay. in between um, Kemba and Murray. So it's Kemba at 6,900, Van Vliet at 6,800, Jamal Murray at 6,500. Yeah, see, like right now, and I'm kind of tinkering with stuff still, obviously, um, with Lock being in a few hours, but like I'm just not getting to that price point. In the DraftKings crunch I did, I got 3% Van Vliet, 4% Kemba, and 11% Murray. Wow. So, so there's we're projecting 72% ownership in that group. Are you a little surprised to be as thin in that spot? Yeah, and I don't feel good about it because I like all three of those plays. <laughs> sure. But that that just tells me that it's not like uh it's not like I'm projecting one guy higher than the rest by accident or something like that. Like yeah. I think roster construction wise, I'm just not getting to that price point because I'm getting so much exposure to guys like Luca and Embiid and Jokic and Leonard and you know, George and Levert. So uh, I think that's probably what it is, is I'm just not getting to $6,500 price range. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So you're, you're going to be a little bit more stars and scrubsy, a little bit less balanced, just given that construction, which is fine. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think, think there's enough value out there today. Right. That's the thing is I think looking at, at the DraftKings pricing, because that's specifically what I'm talking about right now. I think it makes sense because you look, you have basically the free square in, in, in Jordan Clarkson. But then you also have so many guys that you can rotate through that aren't on their own. They're not really exciting. But there's a bunch of guys that are probably going to play in the mid-30s that are like 3,500 between Royce O'Neal, OG Ananobi, uh, Torrey Craig on the Denver side of this game. There's no lack of cheap guys you can go to. Yeah, let, let's touch on Torrey Craig quickly just because I think this one stands out. I get a lot of these like unfunctional DFS type players when they get a lot of minutes, Torrey Craig, Dorian Finney Smith, uh, like Trevor Ariza when it's, when he's playing those kind of guys that are like 0.7 fantasy point per minute guys. Torrey Craig is projected right now on FanDuel for 1% ownership at 3,700 and 4% ownership on DraftKings at 3,500. I'd be very surprised if I didn't have more than that, just given the price tag. There's only so many ways you can spend down and his minutes seem pretty safe here. Yeah, I mean, I have 6% in the crunch I just did. Um, I, I gave him 33 minutes. I think he could play more. Um, I think it's probably, and it's, at least to some extent, it's dependent on, on game flow. Um, also, the fact that there's really only, well, I guess two if you include Clarkson, but really only one guy that Craig would like need to defend on, on Utah and Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's one of these teams where there there's multiple guys. like They, they could very easily just play Jeremy Grant more minutes yeah. at, at the expense of Craig in this spot. Yeah, it, that's going to be a tricky balance, figuring out the way that like the wing minutes go, the bigger wing minutes for Denver go. Um, how are you splitting up the minutes between Porter, Grant, and Millsap right now? I went 36 minutes for Porter because, again, this this isn't a spot. Like when If Denver plays the Clippers, I'll be terrified for Michael Porter's minutes. Yeah, This isn't that team. Like 
you, you have Royce O'Neal on the floor for Utah. Um, Joe Ingles is going to stand in a corner and shoot threes. There's not these like, electric creating wings that that Michael Porter Jr. is going to look like an idiot trying to defend. So yeah. I'm not really concerned about Porter's minutes. I have him in for 36. I went 29 on Millsap, 30 for Grant. That was basically just a, you know, I, I think they both play around 30 and, and projections kind of worked out with the minutes like that. I went 34 on Porter, 26 Millsap, 28 Grant. Um, I could easily wiggle those things around two to four positively in any direction and figure it out. Um, right now, this is going to leave me with very little Millsap and Grant, and they don't appear to be getting a ton of ownership right now, but I think that it's probably in my best interest to make sure that I get a little bit more than what I'm showing. So ultimately yeah, I, for to Grant, uh, I got to right around the field, like 8% Millsap. Okay. Um, if you're playing on Super Draft today, I would say the two best plays from Denver are going to be Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Jokic 1.25x multiplier, Porter 1.65. Uh, you should feel pretty comfortable with that bad boy. Let's let's just sum up Denver quickly. Uh, favorite things you're seeing from the Nuggets? Jokic by far. Um, just uh, I love the price point. I think the matchup's fine. I like the minutes and. It just seems like I'm having a much easier time getting to to him over going to like the mid range guards like Murray. Okay, uh, we have 700 people in here right now and 68 likes. You can tell that I haven't asked for it yet because the number is so low. So I'm asking now. Uh, we we normally show like 10, percent so it's 70 and 700. I want 20. percent I want 140. 700 people. Let's just hit that thumbs up. Helps us out a ton. And subscribe to the channel. Notification bell. We have so much YouTube content going out right now. You don't want to miss it. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to our channel. All righty. We'll go to the jazz side. No Mike Conley. Um, obviously, we know no Boyan Bogdanovich. I gave Donovan Mitchell 40 minutes. He's 7,300 on FanDuel, 8K on DraftKings, and not all that owned. I'm kind of surprised by it. And then you start to think about like what Donovan Mitchell is. His name carries more weight than his like DFS ability. And I never really realized it until this particular moment. You would think 40 minute Donovan Mitchell would be owned like crazy. And we're just not projecting it. Do you expect to be over the field on Mitchell? Came in right around the field on the first DraftKings crunch I did. We have him projected for 17%. I got 13%. I have him in for 40 minutes, too. Uh, he he played huge minutes in the playoffs last year. I don't see any reason that wouldn't be the case now, especially with Conley out yeah. and, and Boyan out. I mean, I, I joked about it on Twitter, but trying to project the minutes for Utah, I feel kind of bad for Quinn Snyder having to figure out which of these, you know, which of these guys are actually getting playoff minutes outside of, of the normal guys. So I assume Mitchell plays monster minutes. It's just that outside of the usage, he doesn't really – like he, he gets assists, but he doesn't get a, a huge bump with Conley being out in assists like you kind of would expect. The the rates didn't really change that much. He's also going to be playing a bunch of minutes alongside Jordan Clarkson, who kind of is, is Dylan Brooks' light in that if the ball touches his hands, it's never coming back out of it. So um, that, that you know, keeps – it keeps Mitchell from being like a 36% usage guy when you're going to have Jordan Clarkson out there chucking up shots. So, um, yeah, I think the minutes are nice. Um, the salary is fine, but it's not a priority for me just because he doesn't project quite as well as, as some of these other top range guys. Yeah, I expected to just see his ownership being like the 40s. And then I saw his FanDuel price was 7,300. I was like, oh, he's going to have just an incredible amount of ownership. It's just not there. The guy that's getting the most ownership in this game on either site is, surprise, surprise, Jordan Clarkson, who's 3,800 on DK, projected for 62% ownership. To me, this is a spot where it doesn't really matter what Clarkson's ownership ends up at. Um to get a guy like him, you know, just shy of a fantasy point per minute guy with monstrous usage at 3,800. I don't know how you avoid him, no matter what the ownership is. To your point, like I could sort my lineups any way that I could wait a hundred, I could wait ownership a hundred percent. And on DraftKings, I'm going to end up with a hundred percent Jordan Clarkson because yeah. despite the exposure caps that I put in the fantasy cruncher, I'm still getting 100% of him in the lineups that I create. So yeah. Um, it, it's just <laughs> it, it's just a spot where, you know, can Jordan Clarkson fail? Absolutely. It wouldn't be the first time we've seen it. I think he actually did it in the bubble already where he was really cheap and had a terrible game. But 
It, it is what it is. It's, it's a $3,800 guy that has around a 25% usage rate, even when you account for Donovan Mitchell and account for how many minutes Clarkson's going to be playing alongside of him. Um, I'm expecting Clarkson to start. I don't know if he will. Um, Lofty and I were talking about it last night. Like You could see a spot start for basically anybody just to yeah. keep Clarkson with the second unit, but I still expect mid-30s and minutes because the alternatives are Emmanuel Moutier, who should not be playing playoff minutes, or you know giving even more minutes to like uh, Niang or something. So like, yeah. I don't really know what Quinn Snyder can do other than play Jordan Clarkson a bunch of minutes. Yeah, I, I don't. I gave him thirty-two minutes. Uh, you can even if I can project him for twenty-six, he's still going to be a fantastic value play today. So at that point, there's not really a ton of downside. And even if he dies, that doesn't mean that lineup dies. I mean, you're probably not going to win a GPP in that scenario, but it's not stopping you from having a productive. Line. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sign up because you lose a $3,800 guy. That's just right. not how it works. What else do you want to do from Utah? Doesn't seem like Rudy Gobert is that kind of guy today. Uh, I think Royce O'Neal for 3,500 on DraftKings has to be paid attention to, although that ownership is already sort of there. Uh, Utah is just tough. They have the lowest implied total on the slate too. Not that appealing. Yeah, it seems like for everyone else, or it seems like for Utah in general, I'm outside of Clarkson. I'm just around the field or a little bit under. You know, Gobert, you certainly can make the arguments for him because he's going to play big minutes as well. They need him out there to, to try and slow Jokic down. But centers are really deep position. You know, you have Jokic and Embiid at the top. You also have Kristaps Porzingis, who we have, who, who obviously we'll get to. Um, so you have Jared Allen at a similar price point. You have some cheap centers. It's a really deep position. So I think that that keeps my exposure to Gobert in check, especially because he is getting some ownership now coming in around 15%. Royce O'Neal, I think, is a good value play point dollar. He's definitely a guy that you should be looking at in cash games because I haven't projected for 38 minutes. It wouldn't surprise me if he plays north of 40, just because, again, the more min- he, he can play multiple positions, and the more minutes he plays, the fewer Emmanuel Moody he has to play. So <laughs> I think you could see a ton of minutes. The problem is just there's 35% ownership going to a guy with a 9.5% usage rate. Yeah. So I don't mind in, in tournaments finding ways to just play a different cheap guy and hope be Royce O'Neal. Um, so, you know, I'm coming around like 15% on him. I'm around the, the field right now. We have 18% ownership going to Ingles. I have 20%. So yeah, nothing on Utah is really jumping out to me outside of Clarkson relative to ownership. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the sense that I'm going to go too crazy on anything from Utah either. Uh, mild pace down spot for them. Although, you know, given that they don't have Boyan Bogdanovich or Mike Conley, it's possible their rate of speed is a little bit different. But when you have Rudy Gobert out there for big minutes, you're only going to move so quickly. Not that he's like super lumbering, but still yeah. a monster guy that you also have to be out for sixteen seconds of Jordan Clarkson dribbling every possession. Also quite true. And pace slows down in the playoffs. Uh, okay, let's sum this one up then. Favorite plays from this entire game? Uh, any game narratives that you're looking at if you're trying to go to Denver and Utah? Um, Jokic and Clarkson, obviously. There's nothing really – like these teams match up weird in that yeah. there's no – there's going to be a lot of playoff series, and I don't think we really have any of them today, but there will be playoff series where there's like that one random bench guy. Like, like, like for example, if Denver plays the Clippers, Jeremy Grant is suddenly getting like 38 minutes probably or 36 (laughs) minutes, but we don't have this. This definitely is one of those spots. And I don't think we really have any of them today. Like the, the only thing that you would really point to matchup wise is that Jokic and Gobert are probably going to match each other's minutes and play huge minutes, but that's like given anyway. So it's not anything you need to discuss. Yeah. uh, That that was the one thing that I was worried about. Denver's so uniquely set up that they can bring Plumlee in and he just like works no matter what they need to do. It, it I guess that's, nice so that's that sort kind of, of an interesting center. point. They played, uh, they, they did play Plumlee and Jokic alongside each other a bunch in the playoffs last year. I'm not projecting enough minutes for Plumlee for him to be like somebody that I'm getting to, yeah. but that's at least something to keep an eye on. It wouldn't be surprising if you got more of them alongside each other than you were getting in the bubble or um, 
you know, towards during the regular season, because that is, despite our uh, reluctance to believe in it at first, that has been a very effective lineup when they've gone to it. Yeah, I gave them four. Well, I gave, let's say I gave Plumlee four minutes at the four. Um, you know, yeah. I know that they're not like averse to having them on the floor together. So I figured that it can happen at least a little bit. Right. I, I went a lot of, a lot of that also happened when Michael Porter Jr. didn't exist. So, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I went, um, I went 38 minutes for Jokic, 16 for Plumlee. I'm not playing them together. I would assume I'm not playing Plumlee at all, but yeah, I mean, out of, out of the thousand lineups I just crunched, I have 14 that have Mason Plumlee. Oh, okay. So I would assume once I enter those lineups, I have zero. <laughs> Fair enough. All righty, uh, let's keep it moving. Let's go on to the next one now. Great job, by the way. Up to 221 likes, 955 viewers. This is going to be a biggie. I'm excited for it. Keep smashing that thumbs up. It's fun for us. Okay, the uh, – well, I guess we'll call this a playoff game. The Toronto Raptors, 115.75 implied total. Nets, 106 and a quarter. So nine and a half point favorites on a neutral floor. That is just a comical playoff matchup. We got the Raptors. And we know that Nick Nurse is going to play these guys into the ground, or at least he generally does. He does it in games that don't matter. I'd like to see what's going to happen in games that do. Somehow these guys are going to play more than 48 minutes. Um, I didn't go too crazy. I put Siakam, Lowry, and Van Vliet all at 38. It's also possible that those should all be 40s. Uh, The guy getting the most ownership on either one of the sites is Kyle Lowry on FanDuel at 7,300. On DK, Siakam and Van Vliet are both capped out at 31, but... Basically, Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet are all at 30% ownership. You know, you're going to see one of those guys in every DK lineup that gets made. How are you sorting out the top end of the Raptors? I'm with you on the minutes. I have Siakam in for 37. I have Lowry and Van Vliet in for 39. They are all affordably priced. Um, Again, it's just tough for me to get to the mid-range guards. Um, I, I just did another crunch, and I got even less Van Vliet than I had last time. Um, with the like updated ownership projections as well. Um, we have the elite for 30% ownership, which, you know, again, I think that, that fine. I think he's a high floor play. I'm just getting, I guess, more stars and scrubs than, than the field. Um, Kyle Lowry, I had like 13%. We have him projected for 26. Siakam is someone that appears I'm going to be way over the field on. Um, I have 75% right now on DraftKings. We only have him projected for 32% ownership. I think that, Again, it's just the position is weaker than the guard position and the center position. So um, I am getting into a lot of Siakam. He obviously is a fantastic player, produces at a high rate, should play big minutes here, and, and I don't think Brooklyn really has an answer for him. So um, I, I have no issues with how much Siakam I'm getting. Okay. Yeah, not a guy that I'm super worried about. I was hoping that his performance in the bubble would sort of put people off of him. Um doesn't truly appear that, but he just feels too cheap for 7,500. He's just been bad lately. 0.92 in the bubble. Not good. Not good. Yeah, but I mean, I, and I assume you're the same way. I'm not really reading into that. No, not at all. I just assume that he didn't give a shit because they right. didn't really have any reasons to give shits. Right. Like if I, that, and the reason I'm getting so much of him, you know, like if I, if I look at my, if I look at power forwards on DraftKings, I just have Siakam as like the clear top value. Now, obviously, it's not that cut and dry because like with the four spot you're, you're comparing small forwards as well. And you start getting like OG and, and O'Neal and stuff. But yeah, I have Siakam projected for like one point less than Jason Tatum. Who's a thousand dollars more. I haven't projected for like two points more than Tobias Harris. Who's $300 more, more expensive. Um, and then, you know, when you like, like OG, for example, is actually power forward eligible. So he's a good value, but I have Siakam projected for almost 20 more actual DraftKings points. Yeah. Let's see where I have those guys. 43 and 24. So yeah, almost, almost 20 points there. Uh, let's talk about OG then. I think we need to do that. Um, projected for 36% ownership on DraftKings. He's 3,500. I think I like him a lot more than 36% ownership. Um, this feels like a really nice spot for him. You're not getting someone that's going to shoot the lights out here. Uh, he's like a 12% usage guy, or at least that's where I have him for the game. I love this spot for him because of the way Brooklyn's made up. Uh, You should expect them to be just coughing the ball up over and over again against a Toronto team that has been playing together as a championship caliber team for like two years. Um, They're not, I don't get the sense they're going to be making a ton of mistakes, particularly on the defensive end. He could rack up a ton of steals here. 
so on FanDuel in particular, he's priced up a little bit at 4,300, but I still like him there. At 3,500, I just don't see how I can regret that on DraftKings. Have you ever played OG in an OB core? I have uh, once or twice. You don't know how you're going how you can regret that. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to regret it because of his salary. I know that right. how, how I can regret it based on his DFS performance. Yeah, I know what you mean, and, and I'm there sure. with you. Like, I would rather yeah. play OG if I'm only playing one of the two. I would rather play OG than Royce O'Neal. Agreed. Um, you know, I think that it's just a better game environment. You know, Brooklyn. You mentioned pace slowing down in the playoffs. Brooklyn absolutely should be playing as fast as they possibly can in the series. Um, just to increase variance and, you know, try and win a game. Interesting. So, I don't agree with you. What'd you say? I, I have the exact opposite thought process. Really? Yeah. So the last thing you want to do is give Toronto more opportunities to show that they're the better team. Uh, they should be trying to limit possessions as much as possible, increase the variance in other ways, like bombing right. threes or something along those lines. But Every possession that can happen is just another possession where Toronto has the opportunity to be better than them. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I just think that they should be looking to run and have Joe Harris take threes as much as possible. I definitely think they should be looking to have Joe Harris shoot as many threes as possible. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think in the the more possessions they could have, the more the talent level is going to separate. So I would be like four corners in this bad boy and then hoping that you're getting up with University of, University of Virginia basketball. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, let, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Gasol and Ibaka because uh, I know you have a Gasol take, and I assume that hasn't changed in the last hour. It hasn't. Go for it. Talk to me about Mark Gasol, who I assume is going to be like your most exposed guy today. I only have like twenty percent on DraftKings. How is that possible? Center is super deep. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Zubats is even cheaper than, than Gasol, but yeah, I think Gasol is, and, and I mean, I am like two plus times the field here. Um, I, I think Gasol is going under projected because obviously during the regular season, he doesn't play a ton and, and all that, but it was the same thing last year in the playoffs last year, Gasol averaged uh, a little over 30 minutes per game. There were a few playoff games that were weird where he just played like upper thirties, low forties. But even if you get rid of those, like if you just completely ignore those games, don't even say pretend he played 32 minutes, just throw them out entirely. He still averaged 28 and a half minutes per game. Um, and it's not like anything changed from regular season to regular season. If you look at Gasol's minutes per game with Ibaka last year, he actually played about a half minute to a full minute less than he did this year. So I don't really have any reason to think that his anything's really changed. I think Gasol is the guy in the playoffs. I think that he gets 28 to 30 minutes here, barring anything weird happening. And he's only 4,300. So 9% ownership for what I think is going to be 29 to 30 minutes or 28 to 30 minutes of, of Marc Gasol against Brooklyn's front court. I'm really interested in it. I just don't know how to break these guys down. I was kind of hoping that like ownership would take care of it for me. I mean, $4,300 Marc Gasol feels like a really nice spot. I just don't know how much he needs to be involved in this matchup against Brooklyn, especially in a spot where Brooklyn's so thin on real players and Jared Allen is like one of the few that actually exists on Brooklyn. Not that I think that Jared Allen is going to be some deterrent for Marc Gasol or anything, but it's better than if it's Lance Thomas or TLC or something along those lines. I'm going back to look. So in, in their uh, first round playoff series last year, they played Orlando. They won in five games. Gasol played 32, 22, 26, 25, 24. I'm going back to look now and kind of see if – that looks like it was we don't need him against Orlando or if it was just the games got out of hand. See, that's where to me, I, I, I just don't think they let these guys or they let Gasol rip yet. So the, I know the Nerf- first game, the first game of the playoffs last year was a three point game. They lost to Orlando. Gasol played 32 minutes. So competitive game, 32 minutes. Next game was a 30 point Toronto win. Gasol got no fourth quarter run, played 22 minutes. He also was in foul trouble in the first quarter, so not taking anything away from him playing 22 in that game. Um, next game, he played 26 minutes, third quarter foul trouble. He played in the first half, he played whatever nine and a half plus eight minutes and 10 seconds is, so a shit ton of minutes. 17 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. No, and then, you but, said nine and a half. Shit. So like 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he, he only played two and a half minutes to start the third quarter because he picked up his third and fourth fouls. Finished that game at 26 minutes. Again, with foul trouble, competitive game, 26 minutes. Okay. Um, he played I, I 25 the next game, lost four – no, sorry, lost three minutes to blow out at the end. Played about 14, 15 minutes in the first half. So, again, was looking you know, on pace for 28 to 30. It's so tough because I think this is like the most unique experience we've ever had in the playoffs. And not just from a they're playing in a bubble perspective, but just we so rarely see a team be like fully not available to win as we do the Brooklyn Nets. Like they're going to play hard and all, but I think if Toronto wants this to go for the long haul, they they can't run Gasol and Ibaka into the ground immediately. I'm going to split their minutes. I might lean like 26, 24, 26, 22, something along those lines. I don't think I'm going to get enough of either one of them, which makes me uncomfortable, but I don't know what else I can do here. One other thing that makes me kind of feel good about Gasol and... and Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And maybe not being concerned whatsoever about him. Even in the games where they were resting their starters, they were playing this all at, at the end of the bubble. Like, I mean, granted, he only played 17 minutes against Denver, but they didn't play anyone else. And they were still like, yeah, go ahead and play. And they did it another game too. I don't remember which one it was um, that, that they sat in maybe I think Milwaukee, but they sat everybody and it was like a back-to-back and they still played this all. So I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like they were really being cautious with him in those games. And based on what they did in the playoffs last year, I just think he's the guy. Okay. Uh, let's sum it up. I think what I'm hearing now for Toronto is this is more likely to be a situation where you're rotating through Toronto guys than any one guy is just separating himself from the pack. Outside of jamming and Siakam, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, Norman Powell, I'm around the field too. I, I have been in for 30 minutes. He's only 4,500 on DraftKings. Okay. Then we'll move I'm over not to playing Bro- with Yananobi. I'm totally with you on that one. We'll move over to Brooklyn. This one should be pretty easy. Uh, Karis LeVert is 8,300 on FanDuel, 7,600 on DraftKings. Happy to get to him on DK. Um, Garrett Temple for 3,800 on FanDuel is probably my favorite play out of everything in Brooklyn, which is just gross to think about. Uh, Levert and Joe Harris are the two guys I have my eye on from DK. What do you want to do with Brooklyn? I have close to 100% Joe Harris on DraftKings right now. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, he has the second best like projection relative to salary uh, in this game. Just behind OG, I love. Yeah, him. I mean, it scares me because Toronto's clearly the the better team, and yeah. Brooklyn can get absolutely run off the floor. But you know, Joe Harris should play monster minutes here. They don't have anyone that, that should be playing over him, and typically he plays big minutes anyway. I have him in for thirty six. Um, he w- with Levert on the floor since coming to Orlando, he has a twenty two and a half percent usage rate, so that's gone up a bit, and. It's not like I'm like he's averaged a fantasy point per minute or more in Orlando. I only have him projected for like 0.85 DraftKings points per minute. And on DraftKings, he's still getting into almost every single lineup. Yeah, we're on the literal exact same page here. I have him at 0.82, and he's still flying off the page for me. He was at uh, 0.98 FanDuel points per minute in the bubble. So sign me up for Levert because it's just sort of impossible to not want to have at least some of him. And then I think Joe Harris is the best option on DK. I think Garrett Temple is the best option on FanDuel. I don't get the sense that I'm going to try sifting through the rest of this. There's so much center today that I don't think Jared Allen's my guy. Yeah, I'm looking now um, because Allen does project well for me, but I run into the same issue with him as I do with Rudy Gobert. Um, Yeah, just not really getting them, especially because he's getting ownership. We have 20% 
ownership going to Jared yeah. Allen right now. I get like 1% just because it, it kind of seems like the same thing I think is with the guards where if the ownership were to come down on those guards or if the ownership were to come down on someone like Jared Allen, I think my roster construction would change because, you know, I, I would have no issue saying, cool, give me Jared Allen and give me Jamal Murray. I'll get rid of OG and Anobi or I'll get rid of Royce O'Neal. But with all the ownership going to these mid-range guys, it pulls down ownership from the the upper tier and from my favorite mid-range guys like Siakam. So um, right now I'm just kind of getting away from, it seems like the mid-range centers and guards. Okay. So I know that we don't normally project blowouts and I'm not saying that we should be projecting a blowout here, but if this game is slightly out of reach in the fourth quarter, is there someone from Brooklyn you expect to benefit most in that construction? If it just goes, if it's a blowout blowout, yeah, like if it goes haywire, is there someone that was probably on like 20 minutes in the first three quarters that is a monster benefit to getting a ton of fourth quarter run? PLC. <laughs> Not the guy that I'm looking for. Chris I was going to say, is it Tyler Johnson? Um, his price is mildly prohibitive, but... I would say I'd say TLC and then Chioza. Okay. It, okay. Including price. Like, yeah, I mean, Tyler Johnson, I guess, could get more run too, but... Okay. Yeah, just wanted to think about I know we're going to get a lot of questions since that game is a pretty large total. Um, favorite play in this entire game? <laughs> um, I mean, I in terms of, owner, of my exposure, I guess Joe Harris. Okay. I also have a ton of Harris Levert and, as I said, a ton of Siakam. And I, I really do think that Gasol is one of the best tournament plays on the plate. So we've been talking, we talked about two games here so far. We're going to have a lot of content through this playoff season. If you want to check out that content for this week, got a promo for you. The promo code is Mamba, M-A-M-B-A, I-E, Kobe. Um, This is going to only exist for today. It's only going to exist for this next week. It ends on Mamba Day, which is August 24th, 824, Jersey numbers. You get it. So it starts today. Runs for a week. You can get an Awesome Plus weekly pass for $8.24 when you use the promo code MAMBA at checkout. 50% off. You cannot beat it. It'll run the whole week. Jordan's got it on the screen right now. Use that promo code MAMBA for the next week. Get yourself an Awesome Plus weekly pass. You can get projection, player projections, ownership, boom bust tool, tons of other stuff. Perfect time to get into it. This first round of the NBA playoffs is going to be really good from a DFS perspective. It's super consistent. Uh, the slates will get kind of boring, but uh, we're going to get a ton of games each day spread out throughout the day. And it's not going to be like we're the final couple days of the regular season where we're trying to hash out a bunch of random guys. We're getting the goods in this one. So use that promo code Mamba to check it out. Also, as I mentioned before, we're brought to you by Superdraft. They are the presenting sponsor of all of our NBA shows. They're the future of daily fantasy, in my opinion. We don't have to worry about salaries. You could roster anybody that you want. You can get guys like Pascal Siakam today, 1.4x multiplier. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, 1.5x multiplier. So if they score, let's use Fred Van Vliet as an example. If he scores 50 fantasy points today, regular, that's a 75-point fantasy day that counts in Superdraft. They've got contests for basketball, baseball, uh, MMA, PGA, NASCAR, uh, NFL is going to be here in like two or three weeks, which is insane. Use the promo code AWESEMO10, A-W-E-S-E-M-O-1-0. Get $10 on your first $10 deposit. Get 20 on your first deposit of 100 or more. You can download the app in the App Store or go to superdraft.io. Superdraft, no limits, more winning. This one makes me sad. Okay, 1,339 viewers, which is sick for an NBA strategy show. 300 likes. It's time to bump it up. We need to start getting near that 500 number so we can put this one to bed. Uh, Let's just get over 400 now. Hit that thumbs up. It really bums me out that this game is not what I like want it to be. It it sucks that there are injuries involved. Boston and Philly. uh, Boston five and a half point favorites here. Philly, as we know, uh, no Ben Simmons. Kind of a letdown. We'll start on the Boston side where on DraftKings, I don't really like anybody. And on FanDuel, I'm probably leaning towards Kemba and Gordon Hayward. So this scares the shit out of me. Uh, I don't know what to do with Boston. Talk to me about Boston. 
take one guess at who right now my highest owned Celtic on DraftKings is. Semi Ojale. Close. Oh, actually, I, I lied. I have count about eight percent. But um, yeah, same 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 tier. I have seven percent NS Cantor right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, well, I don't think anybody wants us to start here. But you think Cantor gets the full backup run over Robert Williams? Not full. No, I've been for fifteen minutes. You have him in for 15 minutes. I gave him six. Why? Because I think that Robert Williams plays the predominant yeah, backup center role. Yeah, that's certainly possible. I don't buy it. Okay. Well, well talk to me about it. You think, is this solely because of Embiid? Yeah, mostly. Um, and okay. it's also, well, no, it's mostly because he's 3,100 with zero ownership and he's in his cancer. Sure. Um, it, it's not, but again, like I'm, I'm not confident at all that he plays real minutes. Um, I think that the rotations at the end of the bubble were certainly a little concerning, like when the Celtics sat all their guys and started at his cancer um, and only played Robert Williams like six minutes. I think that's obviously concerning. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that he's gotten – they've kind of used him in the past in this spot. Um, and, and mostly it's just that I don't really know. And if nobody else is going to play the $3,100, you know, 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy, I'll take some shots at it. So that begs the question then, how do you feel about the 3K flat guy that is also a 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy in this spot? Like, do, do you want to have no Robert Williams as well? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Like, I could just project them both for the same minutes and not play them together. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, obviously they're getting their points in a very different way. And Robert Williams is the kind of guy that's probably a little bit better on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings, whereas Cantor is sort of vice versa. Um but in my model, like I've got Robert Williams a slight notch as a scorer per minute ahead of Inscanter. To me, I think that the goal for this one should be to handle it the way that you just described, where you project Robert Williams and Enos Cantor as the backup center so that you have the opportunity to get both. Otherwise, you're probably going to get neither. And that doesn't really help you in a roster construction standpoint. You should just never play them together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I agree with that. Instead of, because basically, again, like you don't, you shouldn't be rostering any of these guys, either of these guys with any sort of, of frequency. But if you're, if the idea is just that across 150 lineups in a tournament with $150,000 for first place, I'd like to have a little bit of, of Ennis Cantor. I should also like to have a little bit of Robert Williams because I have no idea what the backup center rotation actually looks like. Right. Yeah. To me, they are full equals from a fantasy perspective today. What, what is not equal is their potential playing time, at which point it's a random number generator. I think it's probably likely more more Robert Williams than Enos Cantor, but it's not like there's any sort of confidence in that. I do like the idea of having like either one of those guys as a uh, potential DFS play. Sort through the rest of these dudes. Tatum, Kemba, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. I, I don't know what to do with these guys other than probably just not play them on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I think Kemba, his salary is really inexpensive on DraftKings and on FanDuel. Yeah. Again, I'm kind of just not getting to that price point, but he played 32 minutes um, in his high – the most playing time he got in the bubble was 32 minutes. They said he's not on a, a minutes restriction today. I have him in for 35 minutes here. You know, I, I think the salary is inexpensive. It's just that from a roster construction standpoint, I'm not really getting to this price range. Jason Tatum, I'd love to get to more than I am. But just relative to other guys, he's expensive on DraftKings. He's $1,000 more than, than Pascal Siakam, which is making it really, really tough for me to get there. And that's without even mentioning, you know, that he's $1,400 more than like Michael Porter off the top of my head. <laughs> um, you know, so it's yeah. it, it's really tough for me to, to get to Tatum, which I think does make him a good contrarian play, but it just isn't one that I'm getting to. Yeah, I I just can't see it today. It's... They're like the one team. They're they're sort of like a pay up to be contrarian option on a slate where seems like there are better salaries in every other game. Uh, for now, I just kind of like these guys a little bit more on FanDuel. Someone's going to be like a seven X guy coming out of Boston. It's going to be nice to have them, but I don't get the sense that I take any sort of big stand here. I just don't want to be on the Boston side. I hate that. That does not make me feel good given these guys are just going to play like 36 minutes a piece. This game, I, I had mentioned to you before the show that I was considering doing some like mini stacking in my lineups. 
And I think I've kind of gotten away from that just with how the, the way lineups are coming out. But this game in particular, if you wanted to just force some Boston-Philadelphia stacks, I don't think it would be a bad idea, because especially the Boston side. When you're just crunching lineups, you're just not going to get to a lot of them. But there's a good chance this is a competitive game and that you know they're just playing guys from both teams are just playing monster minutes and then that this game ends up being one that you want a bunch of pieces from. Well, let's talk about that Philly side then. Uh, this one should be re- really obvious. If you don't like Joel Embiid at 8,500 on FanDuel, I just assume you think he's going to play 20 minutes in life, but um, that's just not the correct price for Joel Embiid on any site ever. 10-2 on DraftKings makes it a little bit uh, more difficult. Anything you want to do specifically with Embiid or how do you feel about Embiid versus Jokic? I guess it's Jokic. <laughs> it, I mean, it is, but there's a pretty decent ownership gap too. Um, I, I like Embiid a lot. I don't see any reason he doesn't play huge minutes. I think it's a yeah. good spot for him. You know, all of that. Um, obviously, he's a little he's, he's more productive without Ben Simmons on the floor as well. So, and, and he should get pretty much all of the usage here. So, I don't have any reason not to like Embiid. You know, on DraftKings, he's $400, $400? Or no, sorry, he's $1,500 more yeah. expensive than... I also got the wrong column. Um, the the mm-hmm. Jokic. But I do have him projected for like three and a half, one more points. Um, right now we have Jokic projected for 44% ownership and bead for 16. I'm over the field on both. Uh, 60% Jokic, 32% Embiid. So actually taking, I guess, a bigger stand on Embiid than I am on Jokic, but I have more Jokic. See, this is very interesting. Uh, we should talk through it. You have Embiid with the higher raw projection on DraftKings? Yeah. Okay. Alex does as well by about three fantasy points. Um how many minutes are you giving Embiid? 36. Okay. Yeah, I have a minute for 34 right now. I gave him 36. I gave Jokic 38. Uh, I have it at 34 and 38. So I'm actually liking Jokic even better from a raw perspective. I don't like the idea of that on the surface, <laughs> but especially when you tell me that you have Embiid slightly higher and Alex has Embiid slightly higher, makes me want to go back to the well a little bit, but plenty of time before 1.30. What do you want to do with the rest of Philly? They are unowned on DraftKings. Highest owned guy on Philadelphia, not named Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris or Alec Burks at 6%. Harris is at 19 on FanDuel. Al Horford is at 26 on FanDuel, where he's $1,900 cheaper than he is on DK. Do you get to anything else from Philly on the DraftKings side? Not too much. I think the the Philly pricing is pretty pretty tight, especially on a slate where there's a lot of underpriced players. I, I'm cool with taking some shots at a $3,900 Alec Burks. You know, again, getting that price point is something that I'm doing a lot of so that I can get to Embiid, so I can get to Jokic. I, I don't have a ton of confidence in Burks' minutes here. I have him in for 22, but it's not like it would be shocking if he just plays better than Shake Milton and gets more yeah. run. So, you know, I, I think there's at least that half and he's cheap enough. And then if he gets extra minutes, it's because he's playing well, which is always nice in tournaments. Um, Horford's priced up to 7,200. I mean, even giving him 34 minutes, which I'm not super confident in, it still doesn't get get me to him. Um, Harris, I expect to lead the team in minutes. I have him in for 38, maybe go a little bit higher, but, um, you know, just another guy that fails to beat out Pascal Siakam for me. Yeah, shit. I can't hear anything in my ears right now, but I know that it's me and my AirPods. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, now I hear you in one ear and not the other. <sighs> AirPods have been wonky lately. I need to have like a backup headset around here somewhere. So annoying. Um, uh, I'm with you on most of this. I expect Tobias Harris to be the the guy that isn't Joel Embiid. I think I'm going to have to force Boston Philly if they continue to be so low-owned. I, I just bumped my projection. So I, I bumped Tatum to 40 minutes and I bumped Harris to 40 minutes because I think they're both guys that at their price points, you're just not going to get very much of um, with like medium projections. So I was kind of okay just increasing it a little bit because clearly the the ceilings are monster for these guys. And yeah. I just, I, even though I think Siakam is the best play, I don't, think that across 150 lineups, I should have 70% Siakam and like 1% Tatum and Harris. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I totally agree with you on that from that perspective. Those guys just shouldn't be separated like that. That's that's one of those things you can do when you're looking through your stuff. If you have two guys that are, you know, relatively similar fantasy per minute guys, you know, similar projection numbers, 
if you run a crunch and you suddenly get like 50 of one and one of the other, you know that you probably either need to change up a little bit of your projections, maybe tweak the randomness a little bit, because that's just not the way the numbers should come out. That is not an ideal scenario for you. Uh, let's sum it up. Prioritize this game. Um, just who do you like the most? We got a comment in here right now that said, uh, don't they need Neto to facilitate? I did not project a single minute to how I don't have Neto playing. Yeah. So I don't get the sense they're going to need him. Oh, God. You ready to close this out with our boy? I mean, if, and if Neto plays, it what just means like Corkmus doesn't play probably. And Burks plays like 12 minutes. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it matters. If Neto plays, I assume it's because the game went poorly. Yeah. Los Angeles Clippers, Dallas Mavericks, Clippers six-point favorites. We'll start on the Clippers side before we get to our boy. But 9,300 on FanDuel, 9,800 on DK. Getting a lot more love on FanDuel. That is Kawhi Leonard. Um, about 30% owned for Paul George on both sites. Do you have a preference between the two? And how do you want to handle them moving forward? Well, on DraftKings, I have a preference just because they're separated by $1,700. <laughs> and yeah. They're not the same player, but they're pretty damn similar. Um, you know, I, I have them both in for 38 minutes. I think that's one thing worth mentioning is that they, Doc Rivers did not baby Kawhi whatsoever in the bubble. Like he actually, even um, on that back-to-back where Kawhi sat the first half and George sat the second half, they pulled Kawhi early at 28 minutes and said, that's just what we wanted to play him. They played Kawhi for like 36 on the, in, in the next game. They didn't give him even that sort of treatment. So I'm not worried whatsoever about his minutes. I was fine going to 38 with him and George. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have more George just because it's much easier to get to an $8,100 Paul George than a $9,800 Kawhi. But I'm over the field on both. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's it's hard to not want to go to more Paul George. I think that because of the price difference, um, it's easy to see Paul George being the better play on the surface. The ownership is kind of like equalizing them now since Kawhi is at half of that number. I think the bigger question is, do you go to more of the Clippers? No one is getting any ownership except for Pat Bev. $3,400 on DraftKings, 20% owned. I have... Wait, we haven't projected for eight percent. Did we get a new ownership? Uh, uh, no, I'm guessing we got. You have the new one, and I oh. have the old one. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, we have an eight percent now. Okay, I have. Uh, well, then ignore everything I just said about Pat Bev. Oh, okay, fifty-seven <laughs> minutes ago. So we got it the moment the show started, but I never saw it. So I've been shouting out shit that's not real. Although it's probably pretty close, and I, and I haven't been paying attention so. I mean, that I knew wasn't going to happen throughout this entire show. <laughs> um, okay, so if Pat Bev is at eight, it doesn't matter. Any any Zubac or uh, Marcus Morris for you? Yeah, I think they're both pretty good values. Um, some concern for Zubats, obviously. Harold is expected to play today, but Doc Rivers didn't seem particularly optimistic about how much Harold can play. Um, I, I gave Harold 22 minutes. I gave Zubats 24, and then I just threw like two minutes to Jamichael Green. I, I don't really know. Obviously, we'll we'll know a lot more after this game or if we get more info from Rivers. He basically just – it sounded like they're going to have to ease Harold back in, which makes sense. I mean, yeah. he was gone for, I think, the entire bubble. Yeah. Um, so I, I still think Zubat starts. I think that he plays, you know, mid-20s. And he's still really cheap. He's only 4,100 on DraftKings. I don't really have any reason to to not like him on a per minute basis. You know, I think that obviously there is downside risk since there's another front court body now that I can soak up minutes and he's always, you know, a foul risk as well. But uh, right now we haven't projected for 11% ownership on DraftKings. I have 37%. So clearly getting a lot of him. Uh, Marcus Morris, <laughs> yeah. again, I just think kind of underpriced for someone that, that I have to play 36 minutes. Uh, coming in around the field there, we have 10% projected ownership. I have 9%. So, you know, I, I think that clearly I'm not taking a stand on Marcus Morris, but I do think he's a perfectly fine play. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Not taking much of a stand here. I think he's going to be out there a lot more to be an irritant defensively than to be any sort of offensive juggernaut. Let's move over to the Dallas side. Uh, final stretch before we head into uh, the MLB strategy show starting up at 11 Eastern time. 
We have 1,577 people on here. I might just tell the MLB strategy show to go away. Adam and I will stay here and keep talking. 450 likes. We're almost at the threshold, guys. Hit that thumbs up. Let's get over 500 for this show. means a lot to us. Let's separate these guys. Luca, Chris Apps, Porzingis. Do you pay all the way up for Luca at 11K, or is Porzingis the guy you want to soak up the ownership? Similarly owned on DK. I love Porzingis. I'm scared of how much or how little Porzingis I have on DraftKings. You should um, be. I already bumped his usage rate higher than his average just to get him some. Um, right now, we have him projected for 28% ownership. I have 12%. Okay. Um, we have Luca at 32%. I have 35 So, you know, yeah, I, I think the reason that I'm getting less Porzingis is because he's only a center. So he's competing with Embiid, he's competing with Diokic, he's competing with Gasol, who I obviously like, and Zubats, who no matter what I do, I can get his projections not be six times the salary. Um, <laughs> I even just went and double-checked. Like I went back to the beginning of the season and put George and Kawhi on the floor. And if I changed the rates from what I have, Zubats' projection would actually go up. So um, I can't figure out how to not get Zubats to be a really good play. Um, I, I have... The implied my implied ownership for Porzingis at twenty five percent, based on you know his position and, and the likelihood of him succeeding relative to other centers. His projected ownership is twenty eight percent, so I have him as you know a little bit worse play than the field, which drives down how much of him I get. I'm gonna have so much Porzingis, particularly on Fan- like Fanduel. He's getting the love already, forty two percent owned. Um, he's a power forward there, which is just incredibly ideal. Also preposterous that he's at that position, but neither here nor there. Um, but Dwight Powell's been held or hasn't been healthy for like six months. He's just not the power forward. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you think Boban gets any legitimate run today? I do not. No. Okay. I agree. I think we could see him for one rotation if Zubac yeah. is out there just to soak up a couple minutes, but yeah, I, I think I don't anticipate anything real. You probably get like six minutes from either six minutes from Boban or, or an extra like six minutes from Delon Wright. You know, obviously playing different positions, but yeah. Um, I gave Boban six minutes, so apparently you stole my sheet. <laughs> or I Seth looked at Curry. every single rotation from the bubble. Sure. 3,700 for Seth Curry on DraftKings, I think might be getting slept on a little bit on a day like today, but he was not great in the bubble. And he's not exactly like a guy that you want to go crazy for either way. But if he's getting like one fourth the ownership of some of these other sub 4K punts, I think Seth Curry might be that guy today. Yeah, I have no issue with it. We have him at twelve percent ownership. I got six percent. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the, the biggest issue. Like I've been in for thirty four minutes. The biggest issue is that he's going to be playing so many of those minutes alongside Porzingis and Luca. Yeah, it's really it, it. His his average usage rate is going to be really low, but his like I guess ceiling usage rate, for lack of a better word, is still higher because he's just the kind of guy where if he's making his shots, he'll get more of them. Yeah. But he's, you know, one of the best shooters in the history of the NBA. So you want him to get more. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So is that a laugh as a disagreement that you want Seth Curry getting more shots? Yeah. Yes. When you have Luca and Porzingis on the floor. I mean, Oh, this is going to be like sack. This is this is the type of bomb I'm going to drop at 10:58 to really ruin this entire stream. I think I would rather have a Seth Curry shot than a Luka Doncic shot. I mean, but that I, says nothing you, for like the like how they got to that point. Yeah, like I guess if you're just talking about who happens to be taking the one wide open three, you would rather it be Curry. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But I don't want Seth Curry shooting more while Luka Doncic stands around. Right. My assumption in this scenario would be that Luca is creating that shot for right. Seth Curry. Right. At which point I want Seth Curry to shoot all of them. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because he's like a crazy shooter. Right. Not like like Luke Luca's percentages aren't great. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you there. Okay. But if if you told me that Seth Curry was going to have a 28% usage rate this game and Luca was going to have a 28% usage rate this game, I'd be a little concerned. I a hundred percent agree with you. I do. I do not want Seth Curry creating those shots. But if he ever has an eye at the rim and can get a shot off, he's the best guy probably in this game to take that shot. Sure. Okay. Okay. We're good. Let's sum it up. Favorite plays from this Clippers Mavs game, and then we're going to turn it over to baseball. 
George Luca Zubats. George Porzingis. And then now I just need to double down on it. Seth Curry. <laughs> I, I just gave him a couple more minutes because I don't want him to miss out. Okay. I'm, I'm talking into it now. Uh, let's sum it up. Favorite? Okay, you know, give me your top five for DraftKings and then let's get out of here. Jordan Clarkson, Jokic, Embiid, George, and then I'll, I guess I have to say Joe Harris. He's in almost every single lineup I made. There it is, guys. NBA strategy show in the book. 1,600 of you. I appreciate you being here. 540 likes. Just incredible. If you want to keep hitting that thumbs up, if you haven't done it yet, go ahead and do it. MLB coming up next. NBA live before lock, I believe, starting off at 1230. Adam, that's you, correct? Yes. You and I believe Jason Floyd. Yep. So we have content throughout the day. Tune into it. Best of luck on this first day of the NBA playoffs. I'm excited to dive into this FanDuel. I hope you're ready to take my lineups now. I've been trying for hours. We'll see Based on we my to. Twitter mentions right now, I don't think they are. No? Well, that's fine. I'll go play at superdraft.io using the promo code awesome 10 Get that bonus. We out of here. Jordan, hit that music. <laughs> <laughs>